Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Bavarian Podcast Work Show. Der Ausblick. This is Chuck Smith coming to you ahead of Bayern Munich's big Bundesliga matchup against Borussia Mönchengladbach in what could be a game that determines whether or not Bayern Munich wins its ninth consecutive Meisterschale. Let's just dive right into the action and obviously with Bayern Munich playing the later game on the schedule, the Bavarians could actually know their fate before they take the pitch. Uh, Arbe Leipzig and Borussia Dortmund are squaring off as one of the early games, and if Dortmund wins, uh, that will seal the deal for the Bavarians. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see if that outcome happens, what happens to Bayern Munich's effort against Machin Gladbach. I don't anticipate that Bayern will fold or pack it in by any means, no matter what happens in the Dortmund-Leipzig game. I think this Bayern Munich team is finally healthy. They are finally back and focused on finishing strong. And I think that the pride they have in themselves as a team and what they want to do for outgoing manager Hansi Flick and outgoing players like David Alaba and Jerome Boateng and Javi Martinez, I think that this team wants to finish the season strongly. I think they want to help Robert Lewandowski break Gerd Muller's Bundesliga scoring record. And I think they want to remember this journey of the 2020-2021 campaign as one that was only limited uh, due to the injuries that they faced over the course of the season. Obviously, I think this team is as talented as any in the world. And if not for a few untimely injuries and the overall fatigue that the team has endured since first coming back from the quarantine in 2020, finishing off that season and battling through this season, uh, I think this team was poised and ready for a repeat of the treble, but things did not work out. And uh, it's very unfortunate, but it's no reason to think this has not been a successful campaign. What these boys from Bayern Munich have faced and overcome over the course of the last year to 18 months is pretty incredible. So we're going to focus on the good things. And let's get started by looking at where each of these teams stand in the Bundesliga table. Obviously, Bayern Munich is in first place with 71 points. They have 22 wins, five draws, and four losses. Over the course of their last five games, they have three wins, one draw, and one loss. Obviously, Bayern would like to come out and get on top of Borussia Mönchengladbach early. Mönchengladbach is a side that always seems to give Bayern uh, big trouble. And let's face it, Bayern Munich did not look so great in their last match against Mainz where they dropped a 2-1 decision. Uh, this is a very prideful roster, one with a lot of talent and one that is looking at helping Robert Lewandowski break uh, what many thought was an unbreakable record. So uh, a couple of goals for Lewandowski against Mönchengladbach would go a long way in helping him with that effort. But as for Defolen, they are in seventh place with 12 wins, 10 draws, and 9 losses. Over the course of their last five games, they are also 3-1-1 one one with three wins, one draw, and one loss. And as for Mönchengladbach, it's really been... The cliche, a tale of two seasons. They started out very, very good. Uh, they were a, a, I should say, very well. But uh, they were a very good team. Uh, and when the, no, the news broke about Marco Rosa uh, moving to Borussia 
Dortmund after this season uh, to take over the helm there. It really, uh, I think it affected the team in a lot of ways. They went into a little bit of a malaise. They were stale. They did not look motivated. And I think the team took the news of, of that coaching change hard. Of course, since then, Mönchengladbach has announced it will hire Adi Hütter from Eintracht Frankfurt to come and take over. And we'll detail in a little bit why that is important, as it will have a big effect on one of the players on the roster. But uh, Mönchengladbach coming into this game against Bayern Munich, they have 46 points and they are really chasing a Europa Conference League qualification spot at this point. They are in seventh place behind Bayer Leverkusen, and they also are tied with Union Berlin in the table. So even with a victory, nothing is assured for Mönchengladbach. They really need to win out just to have an opportunity to play in Europe at all next season. I'm sure that the players on the roster are focused on that and they are going to do everything they can to finish this season strongly on their end and win. So it will be very interesting to see uh, which side of this mental battle will come out on top. Obviously, these are two very talented teams, uh, but Bayern Munich is deeper, better, faster, stronger, uh, but they're facing an opponent that always gives them problems. And Mönchengladbach, like we just talked about, is is motivated because they want to play in Europe next season. So let's uh, let's just take a quick look at how the two teams match up. Uh, Bayern Munich, for once it seems, has most of their key players back and ready to go. Uh, Quarantan Tolisso, Mark Roca, and Nicholas Sula are all banged up, and their status is not necessarily uh, concrete as of yet at least to the point uh, where we're recording this podcast. But it's conceivable that all three players could see action or they could sit out one more week just to rest. But it's clear that all three are well on the road uh, to recovery. So uh, let's let's just take a quick look at uh, how Mönchengladbach will, will come out and what their strategy could be. I think that Mönchengladbach could in a lot of ways uh, be a problem. Obviously, they have some pace up top, they have some strong defenders, and they have good midfielders. This is the exact type of team that can give Bayern Munich a lot of trouble. Uh, And I think that uh, one of the key members that could cause uh, some of that havoc for uh, Bayern Munich is Florian Neuhaus. And why is that name important? Because Neuhaus has been one of the players most closely linked to Bayern Munich over the course of this season. Uh, Neuhaus, at this stage of his career as a 24-year-old, is a is a very good and dynamic midfielder. He is a the type of player who can not just play uh, a central midfield role like an 8. He can drop to be a 6. He could be a 10. He's very versatile in the way he plays the midfield. And oddly, he's very reminiscent of, of the talent of both Leon Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich in that you could seamlessly slide those two players anywhere among Byron's three midfield positions and you would probably get the same output. Uh, all three players can play defensive when they need to. All three can be playmakers when they need to. And all three can contribute offensively when they are asked to. That is a big key. Uh, the problem for Neuhaus is Kimmich and Goretzka. Uh, at this stage, it would make no sense for Neuhaus to make that move to Bayern Munich. And just re- as recently as this week, Neuhaus has uh, has been said to have committed to Adi Hütter at, 
at Borussia Mönchengladbach for next season. Uh, he stated he won't be leaving this summer, which has been speculated. You know, of course, Bayern Munich was interested. Liverpool has been interested. But Neuhaus seems to want to stick around the Bundesliga for at least another year and with Mönchengladbach for another year. Uh, that will be a huge, huge uh, thing for Mönchengladbach because Neuhaus is on the verge of really, really breaking out as a player. He's shown his talents and what he can do this season, and he's gained a lot of attention for it. This is this is a very skilled player. This is someone that could impact the game. Uh, and what he will bring to Mönchengladbach next season will be even more experience uh, and, and probably even more refined talent. And I would expect that, you know, barring anything crazy this happening with Liverpool or Bayern throwing uh, an insane amount of cash at Mönchengladbach, I would expect that Neuhaus will put in another year and then become a really prized uh, transferred target for many clubs next season. I just don't, I just don't think that Bayern Munich is the spot for him, and it's not because he can't play there, or that Bayern Munich couldn't use him. Uh, I just don't see at this point where he would fit. Uh, Thomas Muller is not going anywhere. Joshua Kimmich is not going anywhere. Leon Goretzka is not going anywhere. Those are three essentially midfield positions. Now, it'll be interesting to see what Julian Nagelsmann, uh, what he brings to the table next season, what kind of formation he runs. Will he stick with Bayern Munich's standard 4-2-3-1, or will he move to more of a 3-4-1-2 or a 3-4-2-1? There are a lot of options there, but either way, with the players that Bayern Munich has on the roster, whether Nagelsmann switches to a... Uh, you know, a back three or whether he uses the back four, it really doesn't matter. It's going to be very hard for Neuhaus to get on the pitch. And it's not because he <laughs> he has any lack of ability compared to these other players. Sure, I think all three, Muller, Goretzka, and Kimmich, are ahead of Neuhaus at this point. But if you were Neuhaus, why would you want to make that move and essentially be the fourth man in a three-man rotation? Now, sure, Bayern Munich every year has injuries, and that would probably open some opportunities for Neuhaus, but I think this is a player who is ready to become a star, and he needs to be in an environment where he's going to be on the pitch every game. Coming to Bayern Munich and sitting behind two relatively young players in Goretzka and Kimmich, and one veteran who does not come off the field that much in Muller, it's just not an ideal spot for a player like Neuhaus. So while I think a lot of Bayern fans like and respect his ability and probably would want to see him in Bavaria, I just don't think it's a good idea at this stage and maybe not even next summer. So, uh, you know, we can sit back and watch what happens with Neuhaus, but at least for the next year, it looks like he'll be in the Bundesliga and trying to dethrone Bayern Munich instead of helping them uh, maybe get a 10th Meisterschall next season. Uh, as for going back to this individual matchup with Bayern Munich and Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, I think Hansi Flick is going to roll out a pretty standard lineup. This is a very loyal coach who appreciates his veteran players and who wants to send some of them out on a good note. So I would expect we see a, a what I would say is a very standard lineup from Flick. Um, we'll see Manuel Neuer in between the sticks. I think at center back, we will see both of the outgoing players in David Alaba and Jerome Boateng. Um, at the outside back positions, I think we'll see Alfonso Davies at left back. There is a slight possibility we could see Luca Hernandez out there. Uh, at this point, I don't think Flick necessarily rates 
Davies over Hernandez or vice versa. I just think he's more comfortable slightly with Davies. And I also think he wants to help Davies get out of a funk. Right now, it sounds weird to say, but Hernandez is probably Bayern's most informed defender, and he'll find himself on the bench because of that. I think Flick really likes Davies. I think he wants to help the kid uh, kind of write what's going wrong with him right now and help him get his uh, season back to where it should be. Obviously, Davies is a tremendous talent, uh, one of the top young talents in the world, but he has struggled this season, quite frankly. Uh, his positioning has not been great. He's taken some really bad gambles. He hasn't been as good on the ball as, as you would like. Now, before everybody jumps down my throat on this, I don't think he's had a bad season. Uh, if anything, I know it's not necessarily his sophomore season, but he's had a little bit of a sophomore slump in that he has been up and down. And I don't think he lived up to quite lived up to the standard that he set for himself last season. So has he been bad? No. Uh, has he been as good as the 2019-2020 campaign? No, he has not been. And I think it's just realistic to say that He's been in a little bit of a slump. Uh, different parts of his game has, have suffered at different points. He definitely looks a little fatigued, and he has suffered some minor, minor kind of knocks that have lingered and nagged him a little bit. So uh, for Davies, I think this is an opportunity to get back on the field, uh, get headed in the right direction. I, f I think Flick senses that. It's a shame for Luca Hernandez. Uh, he's kind of just the odd man out because of his situation. He is in form, so he doesn't necess necessarily need that confidence boost, and he's not outgoing like Alaba or Boateng. So uh, unfortunately for Hernandez, we'll probably see him come on as a sub at some point. At right back, I'd expect to see Benjamin Pavar. I think Pavar has been really, really good over the past couple of weeks, if not months. He's turned his season around, and this all comes at a time when many people are almost kind of counting him out for next season or kind of pushing him out. Uh, you know, and again, we could talk for hours about what kind of formation Nagelsmann will run and where that leaves Pavar. But uh, as of right now, Pavar has been one of Bayern's better defenders over the course of the past couple of weeks. I think he's been really, really good. He's gotten back to getting up the field and contributing on offense, but at the same time has the pace to get back on D. And that's been a big key. I don't think he was healthy earlier in the season. And I think he was very reluctant to get too far upfield because he did not quite have the speed to get back. And not because he generally lacks pace, but because he was not operating at 100%. And I think anybody that watched him play could see that there was something off about him. And it, whether it was the mental part of dealing with an injury or it was just a physical uh, either pain or lack of strength or lack of endurance that he, he was feeling at the time, he just was not himself. So... For Pavar, I think he's done a good job turning things around and has shown that he is a top caliber outside back, top caliber defender. Where his future goes from here, we won't know until Nagelsmann gets in here and kind of starts to work with the roster. But I'd like to see Pavar out there and finish this season strong. Plus, I mean, other than Sula, he has been the only reliable right back option for Hansi Flick this season. At midfield, I think, you know, it's pretty obvious that we are going to see Kimmich and Goretzka. Uh, that is a given. Those two are a staple. They are the future of this Bayern Munich team. They are the future leaders, the future stars. They are everything that you would want a midfield core group to be at this point. Uh, in front of them, we will see Thomas Muller, who will be uh, undoubtedly looking to feed Robert Lewandowski all day. Muller has sacrificed so many parts of his game 
to help Bayern Munich as a team. And one of the biggest sacrifices he has made is to really stop looking for his own shot at times uh, to, to help Lewandowski get off with his own goals. So uh, I think we will be seeing a lot of that. Hopefully Muller does not pass up easy opportunities for himself in order to try and set up Lewandowski. He has done that many, many times over the years, and that could be a little frustrating because in the end, it really doesn't matter who scores. It matters that the team scores. But Muller always has that mentality of, of boosting up the team and helping his teammates out. So he is extremely unselfish, and I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of unselfish play from him over the course of the next couple of weeks. Out at wing, finally, I think we're going to see Kingsley come on and Leroy Sané. That means Serge Gnabry will be the odd man out, probably come on as a sub. Uh, it just seems at this point like Flick uh, favors Coman and Sané. I know Flick has had uh, some reservations about Sané in the past. You know, we could always go back to the fact that Sané wasn't necessarily Flick's first choice transfer target last summer. And you could probably point to that as one of the reasons uh, why Flick and Brazo had their uh, ongoing battle over the course of this season. But, uh, you know, I think Coman and Sané are the two that Hansi Flick will ride. Uh, Gnabry will come on as a sub at some point. Uh, let's be honest, for the three wingers, it has not been uh, a great second half of the season. They've been really inconsistent. Um, all three have been either out with injuries or banged up to the point where they haven't been themselves on the pitch. Uh, but, uh, you know, it doesn't excuse them. Uh, from some of the, the poor play that they've had. All three obviously have great ability. All three have proven to be great players over the course of the past two seasons at one point or another. But I think that it, it just hasn't been good the last couple of months. And if there's any position on the team that has really struggled with the fatigue of and grind of the last two seasons, it has been the wing spots. And of course for Sané, that, that part of that is coming back from an ACL injury you're never the same uh, during the first year back from one of those injuries. That's kind of the old uh, cliche about that injury for many players in any sport. Uh, so Sané, for whatever you feel about him, whether you like him or you don't, um, he has changed his game to a point where he can conform into what Flick has wanted out of a wing. He just not has been as productive as I think many people would have liked. As for Coman, he had a sensational start to the season and then has trailed off a lot. Uh, we've started to see him fall back into some of his old uh, patterns of just making some poor decisions on the ball, not really knowing when to shoot versus when to cross. So hopefully that's something he can work through. And as for Serge Gnabry, obviously, um, you know, he had the COVID-19 induced break. He's had a couple of knocks over the course of the season. So I think that, uh, you know, it just has not been the best campaign for him either. But those are three players that I think, uh, you know, again, will be interesting to see how they fit into Julian Nagelsmann's system next year, depending on what system he runs. So well, let's, uh, let's hope any of those three can get back on track. It might be difficult to think all three will in this one game, but uh, let's see how they do. And of course, Lewandowski will be up top shooting to, uh, literally shooting to get to Gerd Muller's record. I think this is a game where Lewandowski could potentially 
be in line for a brace, he sets himself up in such good positions. And if the team is really focused on trying to help him break it, I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities. Uh, this could be a really good one for him. As for a final score, I'm going to go with Bayern Munich 3, Borussia Mönchengladbach 1. Uh, I am going to call for Lewandowski to get a brace. Uh, that would set up a very interesting final two weeks of the season. If Lewandowski can get that brace, uh, that would be a, a huge boost into helping him get to Gerd Muller's record. So uh, thanks again for listening to this. We covered a lot of ground in this one. We hit on a lot of subjects. We always love that you guys tune in and listen and uh, appreciate all the feedback you give us about the podcast and uh, at BavarianFootballWorks.com overall. Uh, keep coming in with those comments. Let us know what you think. And, uh, you know, <laughs> let's enjoy this one. This is going to be a lot of fun over the next couple of weeks. And sure, it might lose some luster for a few of you guys. You know, you might not think that there's a lot to talk about or there's a lot going on if Byron clinches tomorrow. But let's be honest. We've got Flick heading out. We've got Nagelsmann coming in. We've got Alaba, Boateng, and Javi Martinez, who I hope gets to make a sub-appearance tomorrow, all heading out of the club permanently. So it'll be, uh, it'll be a lot of fun to see how Byron handles sending those players off and sending the sextuple winning manager off in a good way. I think the team is motivated just to do that. These are very popular figures in the locker room, whether you're talking about Flick or any of the players that are leaving. So uh, let's have some fun and enjoy this one, and we will see you next time. Thanks.